Hello there, friend. Welcome back to the Cash Confidence Stylist Podcast. So before we get into this episode, I got a question for you. How often do you ask yourself, where the hell is my money going? Okay, look, a lot of us, that runs in a constant loop in our mind. And it's time to take your first step towards financial empowerment. So I wanted to give you a free resource that is going to help you do just that. I wanna give you Assess Your Situation, which is the first module in my course, as well as your guide to figuring out where the fuck your money is actually going. Sorry if you have kids in the car. So this is gonna be a free guide that I've created to help you break the loops, providing you with tools to assess your current financial situation. You don't even have to break out the calculator and to help you gain awareness about what you actually need to start making those money moves where it truly matters. So go ahead and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the show notes and snag it. The link is down there um, and enjoy this episode. Let me know how assessing your situation goes. Thanks friends. You're listening to Backroom Beauty Talks, a real, raw, and unedited podcast for hairstylists. Here, we dive deep into topics that go far beyond the chair. I'm your host, Misty Jane, and I'm a money coach for stylists who want more out of their lives. I help you enhance your mindset around money, get out of debt, and create a life of peace. I'm on a mission to normalize the wealthy stylist while creating a safe space to be perfectly imperfect. Want to join me? You're in the right place. Hey there, friends. Welcome back to Backroom Beauty Talks. Before we get into this chat, I wanted to remind you that at the end of this month, I will be doing a free webinar for anyone who is tired of living paycheck to paycheck, tired of always feeling broke, and ready to start their journey to their life of financial freedom. This is going to be three simple steps to getting your financial shit together. I will put a link in my show notes and you can also go on Instagram at Misty Jane and um, find the link in my link in bio. Go ahead and get registered um, or depending on when you're listening to this episode, get on the wait list for registration. Trust me, you do not want to miss out on this free information. Yes, I said free. So today I am talking with Chantel at Laughing Makes Me Cry on Instagram. You'll hear why that is her handle in this podcast. Chantel is an independent um, stylist and she is also an educator for Kuhn. So we're talking a little bit about the, the real logistics of manifesting and how you can actually take a small idea in the back of your mind and turn it into your reality. So once again, if you enjoy this episode, please screenshot it. Do not forget to tag me, tag Backroom Beauty Talks, tag Chantel at Laughing Makes Me Cry, um, and enjoy. Hello, Chantel. Welcome to Backroom Beauty Talks. Hey there, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Great. Just getting ready for the day and, and uh, our little conversation. Yeah, so I'm super excited about this because today we're basically going to talk about um, kind of like what manifestation is in like a logical sense, right? Like, because mm-hmm. we hear the word thrown around a lot. I feel like it's a buzzword. Um, totally. But for people like me who aren't like a hundred percent like into the woo-woo thing. It, it took me a long time to understand what it meant. Um, so we're going to talk about that a little bit today. But before we get started, tell the people who you are and what you do. Well, I am Chantel Stanky, and I'm in North Idaho. I'm a booth rental stylist. 
I've been a stylist for almost 10 years and I love to specialize in lived in blondes, super high maintenance, or not high maintenance, high value, <laughs> low maintenance hair. Love super high maintenance people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, high maintenance is cool too. Um, and then I'm also a Kuhn hair cosmetics educator. Mm-hmm. So I actually just got back from national training and uh, yeah, pretty excited to continue on that path. So Kuhn is kind of part of your manifestation story, isn't it? It is. It's pretty crazy. I kind of liked them from the beginning. I mean, I've only used their products, uh, their hair color, at least through my entire career. Um, And then I just really had a passion for them. I like their kind of mission statement. They're just accepting of everyone. They're a worldwide company. Everyone has hair. So everyone deserves the same care. So yeah. (laughs) So talk to me a little bit about that because I know that you had wanted to be an educator for them for a while and it just kind of essentially buzzword manifested itself. Um, So let's go into that a little bit. How did that start? Yeah. So that whole story kind of started um, probably four years ago, uh, maybe a little over four years ago. And I went to this kind of MLM thing that one of my old bosses drug me and another gal from the salon to essentially saying you can double your income if you double your people every day. I'm like, well, duh, (laughs) but what does that do for like yourself? What does that eighth, ninth client of the day look like? You know, what do you look like? So immediately I was like, mm, there has to be another way, you know? <laughs> yeah. And one of the activities that we did in this weekend at this camp thing was we had to create a goal and I've never been a goal setter in my life. And they said, just find something that you think is crazy for your career. And I'm like, okay, maybe educate for Kuhn. They're cool. That'll probably never happen. Like, whatever, I'll just play along with this game. I want to get out of here. This was a waste of money, you know? (laughs) Um, So then with that, they made us put a date to it. So I said, well, I'll give myself like two years. This was in 2016. So I said, I don't know, September, 2019, I'll be an educator for Kuhn. And then we had to break it down into little nugget goals. So I'm like, we'll get your passport, kind of like start going to different salons, doing little education on my own with like lightning placements. So I leave the MLM camp (laughs) and pyramid scheme camp. Exactly. (laughs) And I go home and I put this piece of paper away saying that I would do all these things to have this dream that I didn't really know I had. And here comes all these little things. I go and hand out flyers for my own placement to different salons in town. I get to do like two or three little classes for people and that's pretty exciting. I'm like, ooh, this education thing's kind of fun, you know? So I was cleaning up my room one day and I found this piece of paper and I'm like, oh yeah, that goal, let me look at it. Let me just see if I've done anything. I'm like, oh shoot, you have done like three of these things already. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool, you know? So that kind of lit a fire. So I start to build my website and I start to take more photos for my social media. And I just do things that are kind of driving me toward an education stance, I guess, in my eyes. Mm -hmm. And then, um, hair love comes (laughs) and pretty soon after this MLM 
camp and I tell my boss about it. She's like, oh, I thought you didn't like the other one, you know? And I go to Hair Love and I find out that there's so much more to myself, my career, everything. And that completely changes my life. I realize that I'm worth having these dreams. I'm worth doing all these things to get these steps going to so I can be successful and be what I want. And then I'm kind of riding that high. All of a sudden I see this Kuhn Basics color class. And I say to myself, eh, I've used the color for a while now, but they have new colors coming out and it's nice to refresh. So I go and I meet Megan Hara. She's a Kuhn educator. And there's like five people in the class and we're talking and she says, oh man, this was supposed to be a 20 person class. You know, there was people I had to say couldn't come because we were full and now there's no one. So we're getting into this conversation of why don't people get education? Like, what's the problem? And I just say, oh, I've always wanted to be an educator for Kuhn. And it just kind of came out and I'm like, oh, that was weird. Inside, you know? <laughs> Who was that? Who said that? <laughs> right. I'm like, oh, who's that lady back there? That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Megan said, oh, well, if you're serious about it, we're actually hiring right now. I'm like, oh, crazy, you know? And she says, oh, and the regional rep is actually in this class right now too. And she can get all your information and email you everything you need to know. And I said, okay, you know, and thinking to myself, oh, I'll give her the info. I'll never hear back and I'll, you know, it's fine. I get an email the next day um, saying all the stipulations, all the things that I had to do. I had to do this 10 minute in video um, pretty much why do you want to be a Kuhn representative? Like, what do you do that's special? Why do we want you? Right. And I've never done anything like that. And you had to so, pat yourself on the back. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> like I just did this 10 minutes. I had my boyfriend EJ like film me being cheesy for like my little video so they could see, you know, <laughs> I'm like, well, I got to show them who I really am. You know, they got to know what they're getting into. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> and I don't know, maybe a month and a half later, I get an acceptance email saying that I was one of 10 people that were chosen out of the entire U.S. to come to national, to come to facilitator training in Atlanta, Georgia at their headquarters. And just the feeling of like, oh my God, wow. And I looked at that piece of paper again, and I immediately remembered it when I got this acceptance letter and I went down and I had done every single thing that I wrote without even thinking about it, but always having it in the back of my head and putting it out there so many times that it happened. And then the final day of training to be officially a Kuhn trainer was in September of 2019. Which was so, exactly what you wrote down. Yeah. And I mean, who, who would have known? in that moment that that could be possible, but. Well, let's break this down a little bit. So you're at your pyramid scheme. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
And you even said that, you know, you weren't a goal, you know, you weren't somebody who did goals and you wrote this thing down because you felt like you had to, do you feel like now looking back that it was actually just limiting beliefs, thinking that you were just kind of making this thing up? Like, this is never going to happen. I don't even know if I want this. Like, do you feel like that was just like you being like, I don't, I imposter syndrome or, you know what I mean? Like you're incapable at the time. Totally. Yeah. And knowing more about limiting beliefs now and growing so much since that point, um, a hundred percent, like it's something that I always thought inside, I guess, you know, and one of my old bosses wasn't as supportive, you know, and that's her own thing. Also knowing more about stuff. And so I didn't want to step on anyone's toes because I looked up to her. I thought, you know, I didn't, want people to think that I was trying to be better than them maybe, or I didn't really know anything about it and who would want to hear my perspective. And so, yeah, totally. It was just, this is some outlandish, extremely far-fetched thing that's never going to happen. So I'm just going to write it down. So I look good in this exercise. Yeah. It's funny. I felt the same when I, um, um, came back from hair love 2019, I started local like events Mm -hmm. and instead of like me doing the events, I would hire someone else to speak and even hiring someone else. I I felt like who I, I felt like I needed that other person because people wouldn't come for just me. You know, it was like, who am I to do this? People are going to think that I know everything or like think that I know everything, you Mm -hmm. know, people aren't going to come to see me. And then when the events happened, I ended up doing three of them. Um, I would sit next to the speaker and people would almost get, I mean, they'd get a lot out of the speaker, but they would almost get even more out of me because I was the stylist. So I was hiring people that weren't necessarily in the industry. Like I had like a counselor come and talk about boundaries, a social media person come, you know, and talk, like we did a yoga Mm -hmm. class, things like that. Um, and I realized that it was my insecurities that made me do it that way. Because in my mind, like, who am I to do that? Like, I, do I think I'm so special? Are people gonna think that I think that I'm so special? Um, and it's really crazy now because I mean, now I'm doing it even larger on a larger scale. And it's, um, it's kind of crazy because at the time you don't even think that that's an issue, right? Like you just, you almost, you just want that support. Um, so you think that having other people or, or just like, like you said, writing something down and just thinking like it's a piece of paper, but you started taking action just because you planted that seed in your head. Mm -hmm. Why do you think you did that? that's tough. Gosh. I don't know. Cause I guess deep inside I knew, but I always like to share, I guess maybe I thought of it if I could just stay local and just do like my own little placements and not go too crazy, you know, that maybe I could just share with people. But then as I got more into Q and they're in 87 countries and on my last day of training, I'm like, I want to teach a class in every single one. Right. You know what I mean? That would be awesome. I don't know. Like I, I think my dream kind of grew as I grew, Mm -hmm. like maybe it realized itself a little more. I don't know how to explain it. Like we grew together. (laughs) 
Well, you have to, because mm-hmm. could you imagine if you signed up for training and literally they like threw you into like a large class in Italy, right? You wouldn't be prepared. No, no. you know? And I think and that's- even at this last training, I was just at, like, I haven't gotten to physically do a class with them yet. Mm-hmm. And I go into this atmosphere of people who've been there for 20 years, people who have like do this all the time. They know their stuff. They know their technical, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I got so overwhelmed in one of our exercises. I like just broke down. And then, because it's just like, oh my God, I'm gonna have to go up there. I don't remember all this stuff. And then I always get in my head, I overthink and I still compare myself to those people. But then the support that they showed me was unreal. Like unreal. Everybody from the owner of the company was there to the head of education were like right next to me being like, it's okay. It wasn't a breakdown. It was a breakthrough. Now, you know what you need and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh my God. So it's super cool. Well, I think we forget that those people that have been doing it forever that own the company, like they started in the same spot. They started Mm -hmm. with just an idea. They probably started just writing something on a post-it. Right. You know what I mean? And then they just kept taking the steps to get to where they are now. And I think that like, when I think of manifestation, that's what I think of. I think of having this thought, maybe not even fully believing that the thought is something that could happen within yourself yet, but slowly taking the steps. And like, when you went to that first class and you know, you, they said, like, we're looking for educators. Like you could have said, no, like you could have, you know, you could have been like, no, I'm not ready. Like, but you said, yes. Right. It's like, like, why would I even just say, oh, I've always wanted to be you to this educator. I have no idea who this person is. You know what I mean? Like she's from across the, she's from Boston, I think, you know, and she came to spoke to my area. So like, she's this big deal. You know what I mean? And I just tell her the stranger, my dream. And she's like, okay, sweet. Come on in. Yeah. So, you know, that's pretty cool. So what do you, like, if you could describe manifestation to somebody, especially using your story and your experience, somebody who isn't into it, Mm -hmm. what, how would you describe it? Well, I mean, I'm totally into it, but I wouldn't say that I'm like, woo woo. Like you said, you know what I mean? Like the experience is what gives me like that proof. But so I, I would say basically it's putting your ideas and your dreams out into the universe or just getting it out of your head. And if you say it out loud, you kind of have to do something about it. You know what I mean? So just by saying something that you want, you're allowing yourself to fully hear that and fully feel that. And then once you're open to yourself, all of a sudden you can see these little things that are all around you all the doors are already open. All those people that we need to know are already there. But until we know in ourselves, we can't see them. So manifesting is allowing yourself to see the path that you already have. Yes. And seeing it, even if part of it's foggy, like mm-hmm. just seeing the next step, you know, yeah. I think a lot of times we have this idea and like, it's overwhelming. Um, Brit on the hike at hair love this past year, um, she said, she 
talked about like a hike being like a metaphor and like the top of the mountain. Um, if you're looking at the top of the mountain, you're going to be overwhelmed and you're not going to want to go any further. If you look behind you, behind you at how far you've come, sometimes you trip, right? But mm -hmm. if you just look at the next step and then the next step and then the next step, you're just going to end up on the top of the mountain one way or another. Right. And it was like, yes. Like, so even like saying, I want to be an educator and not even knowing what that could possibly look like, but just taking every little step along the way, it goes a long way, man. Mm -hmm. I think that there's this misconception that you have to manifest is like, I want something and then I wake up and like the secret or whatever, you know what I mean? And totally. then it's like, it's just there, totally. um, but it's not how it works. Right. And that was kind of my first, um, uh, sorry, that was like my first experience with manifesting, I guess, was the secret on Netflix. You yeah. know, I was feeling down about myself a long time ago and I watched this thing mm -hmm. and I, I'm not a businessman, you know what I mean? So I didn't take that aspect of it, but I took the, it's kind of how I view like karma, like whatever you put out there is going to come back to you. If you say, oh my God, I'm running late for work. I'm going to get stopped at every freaking light. Yeah, you probably are because you're being nasty and you're probably rear-ending somebody and you're probably doing something in traffic to where it's going to slow you down anyway. You know what I mean? Or like, if you just be nice to everybody and at work, they're going to feel that and be nice to you back. And then that's going to spread. You know what I mean? So it's that same thing. You can't just be like, oh, I want a million dollars. Oh, look, where is it? Where's my bank account? You know, it's like, okay, I want a million dollars. How do I do that? Okay. Right. What's my first step? Let's reverse engineer this. Let's see if I really want a million dollars. You know what I mean? Yeah. Am I willing to sacrifice for what I think I might want? Yeah. Well, it's looking so. for the proof. Exactly. You know, I mean, if you're looking for, you know, stress and anxiety, you're going to find it. Mm -hmm. you no, know? but if you're looking for, you know, abundance and, and which is a weird word for me to say, for some reason, mm -hmm. I feel like it sounds funny coming out of my mouth, but, um, but if you're looking for it, it's going to happen. Even with me, with my coaching, when I first started and I was just like, oh my God, like, I don't know anything. And like, nobody's going to do buy anything for me and blah, blah, blah. Like nobody did. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I was like, no, I, I know my shit and I can yeah. help people that all of a sudden people just showed up. And even though, like, I didn't realize I was portraying that out to the world, like on Instagram or talking to people in general, like I was somehow. Um, and it's crazy, like even on days, cause we all have our bad days, like totally yeah. we're humans. Um, and there are still days that I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, I know nothing. I'm, you know, you know, all, all the limiting beliefs just pile in there. Um, right. And then the next day I'm better. And then like, it's all the proof that I should keep going happens. But the days that I'm down, that proof never shows up for me, you know? Um, yeah. Cause you're but, in that fog. Like you're right. not open to it because not you're looking seeing for the negative. Yeah. yeah. It's like when you buy a new car and then you see it everywhere. Yeah. It's like totally. the exact same thing, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so are you manifesting anything now? Like, is there anything, and you don't have to say it on here if you don't want to. No, it's cool. Um, I have been feeling really like bogged down with a lot of stuff. I have a lot of like trips and then I've been really busy with work. And then I like to just add stuff onto my plate. Um, so I don't have any like super long-term goals right now, which is kind of weird. I mean, I kind of do, but nothing, you know, just more like financial stuff. 
Right. And I don't know. I feel like I'm in a coasting moment right now, which is okay. Um, but like this weekend I'm doing a little event mm -hmm. and I still have four tickets available. So I'm definitely putting out that. Yes. Talk know. about the event. Cause I think this is a really cool idea. I think. You okay. So it's called you do you, mm -hmm. and it's a hands-on social styling experience and it'll be 10 people and they bring their own straightener and brush and we will have local bites and drinks. And then we're going to go in and do hands-on step-by-step how to do your own hair with two different straightening style, like straightener wave styles. Now, are you kind of showing on a mannequin and then they're doing it on myself? Else? So I was thinking about it this morning. I'm going to split my hair in two and do my two different wave patterns. So one is the swirl and one is the bacon wave. <laughs> what is the way? What is the bacon wave? Is that uh, so like the bacon the, wave is I have a like couple a soft of them crimp. Here. Yeah. So it's like you go out and in, out and, you know, yeah. like a little, and then it looks like a giant cartoon bacon. Yeah. <laughs> I love Obviously that. a bacon wave. Right? <laughs> it's such a so, great idea. So the idea is essentially to help clients do exactly. now. Are you getting just clients buying tickets or is it all kinds of, um, I have three that are clients and two that are not. So, oh. I mean, I'm not out there to steal people, you right. know, some stylists don't maybe don't have the time, haven't had the idea, like whatever, like I'm just there to help people like their hair all the time. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's an awesome idea. Um, Thanks. are other style, cause you are in a booth rental salon, correct? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Are other stylists participating too, or is it just you and a bunch of, no, just me. Yeah. yeah. And it was kind of the same thing that you were saying, how you thought you needed somebody with you. Like I was going to ask this curly haired specialist from in town to come do it with me. But then as I was thinking about it, I'm like, well, I'm only doing it for an hour and a half. And like, I feel like I could fill that space and I have a lot to say. So I'm going to talk about products and like, I'll have products there for them to purchase. And right. so I can do it. Well, and if you wanted to do a curly hair one specifically, you could. Exactly. And I've had yeah. a couple people ask, are you going to do it again? So I'm like, yeah, totally. Like, I think yeah. it'll be a cool idea. And then I'll just refine it or make it different or whatever. What an yeah. awesome, I love that. That's a, that's Thanks. an awesome, awesome idea. Um, so, okay. So we're talking about educating. So now that you are kind of in it, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, what are you surprised the most about yourself? Like, what did you never think either would happen or a feeling maybe like, you know, maybe you're more confident in an area that you never thought you'd be confident in, or just, just anything that you're just shocked that it's you. Totally. <laughs> Um, this doing something like this, public speaking, uh, getting up in front of a group of people being vulnerable, crying in front of 50 strangers, like everything. Seriously, I want to talk like, about crying though <laughs> for yeah. a second or crying in front of 200 strangers. I really don't care. Misty. I will cry in front of you right now. <laughs> so I just have to say, okay. So Chantel, we have been to hair love together twice, but this last time is the first time we really like hung out and her Instagram handle is laughing makes me cry. Right. Yes. Yes. And I did not understand what that meant. Until <laughs> this last hair love, when she laughs, she literally cries like she's sad. <laughs> like tears. Terrible. If somebody comes up after I'm done, I look like I've just been bawling. Are you okay? I'm like, oh yeah, I was just laughing. Yeah. Oh, I was God. just happy. <laughs> But I've never seen anything like it. Cause like tears literally fall down your face. Like, yeah. I mean, does it have to be super, super funny? 
Yeah, it has to be like a nice big laughter. Yeah, right. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad so that if I you got get, to if you get the cry that. laugh, you've done something right. <laughs> Yeah, it was so, I remember just being like, oh my God, that's why your Instagram handle is that I never knew that. Yes. Oh, so awesome. So the public speaking thing, did you do any extra classes as far as that goes? Or is that, um, is that part of the training or is that just coming with doing it? Um, I didn't take any extra classes. Um, I think it was just building confidence mm -hmm. and then definitely it's part of the CUNE training. We go through two pretty intensive weeks of facilitator training and it's doing all of your, like breaking down how the class is laid out, um, all that. So I can definitely bring that to when I do my own stuff too. It's great. Right. Yeah. So are you more confident or are you still just as nervous? Um, I feel definitely that I'm more confident. Otherwise I wouldn't be able to do it, but I for sure get very, very anxious and like, Oh, I'm going to pass out and barf. And yeah. yeah. I yeah. wonder why that is. I've never like looked into why like humans, cause that's like a huge fear for a lot of people. I want to say that's one of the top ones. If I remember correctly, I think I read that in a book somewhere. Right. Um, I well, did like, okay. go ahead. Oh, <laughs> I was going to say like, they keep telling us when you get nervous before a class or whatever you're doing, that's good because you're passionate about your information and you want to relay good information to your peers. Right. You know, and it's also, I mean, we're always afraid of being judged. That's, that has to be everyone's like number one limiting belief. You know what I mean? No matter how big it is, like yeah. being judge judged, being liked, like all mm -hmm. of those things is a huge yeah. I did, um, when I started doing the local events, I signed up for Toastmasters. Have you ever heard of Toastmasters? I have. Yeah. Um, so if for anyone listening, Toastmasters is essentially like a public speaking club. So it's not necessarily a class. It's like a thing that you go to once a week and it essentially like you, um, like you get a job and every job you have to stand up in front of everyone and talk, or you have to do like impromptu speeches. You have to do specific, like, um, like to move up in Toastmasters, you have to do specific speeches. Um, it can be about whatever you want, but like the first one's hmm. like the icebreaker. So it has to be like a story about you. It can be fake. Like it doesn't sure. matter. It's yeah. just basically getting you up in front of people. And, um, I mean, I'm in a, in, in this thing where everyone's there for the same reason. And I knew nobody. And it's a, it's a weird mix of people. You've got young people, you've got old people, you've got, you know, uh, different kind of humors. You got people who like to cuss, you got people who are against cussing. Like it was an interesting thing. Um, but it, I was still terrified every time I stood up, I could sit in my chair and talk mm. and I was fine. But the moment I stood up to talk, it was like, I'm about to pee in my pants. Yeah. And it's like, but why like center of attention? Like, I just, I don't get it. I, I do yeah. not get it. All the eyes are on you. You know, yeah. I don't know. And every time I do something like this, I'm like, why did I want to do this for a living? Like, what? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> yeah. But then when you're done, you're like, yeah, that's why that's why. right. <laughs> what, do you get up there and think I fucked all that up? Like I said the wrong thing. I said, and then people come down I'm doing and go, it. Yes. 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 <laughs> or you remember nothing that you said. Yep. You know, it just and like then, blanks out. <laughs> yeah. And then people come up to you after you did such a good job. You're like, did I, I feel like they're bullshitting. <laughs> like, right. Right. 
I do the same with this podcast. I do not re-listen to these um, mm. because one, I don't really like my voice that much. Who does, you know? Right. Um, two, I feel like I'm not going to post it if I listen to it. Like, oh, shouldn't mm. have said that, said that wrong. That sounded stupid, whatever. Um, and so people all the time will be like, oh, what you said in that episode, blah, blah. And I'm like, what I said? <laughs> What did you hear? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Can you go ahead and shoot me that quote, please. Yeah. <laughs> like, but it's true. I mean, I know one of my biggest limiting beliefs. Um, when I went to Hair Love in 2019, I don't know if you were in that class, but it was one of Elizabeth's branding classes. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it was, and it was that people wouldn't like me. Mm. You know, which is really funny because I always thought I didn't care if people liked me or not, um, but we all care, right? Like one way or another, like we, like at the end of the day, we all want to be a part of a community. Um, and I'm to the point now where it's like, do I even like them? Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Do you feel like you had that shift at some point in your life? Yeah, for sure. Um, I definitely still get hung up on stuff like that where, like just going into group situations, you know, like I have my own insecurities, but I'm working on them, you know? So those feelings aren't as strong and I'm able to overcome those hurdles a lot quicker, but yeah, I don't know. I've had that my whole life. That's always been something that I've wanted, you know, I just want everyone to like me, but no, I think I don't want everyone to like me. Like my God, right. Could you imagine? There's a lot of people that I don't want anywhere in my bubble. (laughs) No, I don't want to be a celebrity. Like, Oh, what a tough life that would be. I know. It's so interesting to think about because like, I would love to be like rich, but nobody knows who I am. Right. You know what I mean? Like, which I think is a cool thing about the hair industry because Mm -hmm. we look at some of these top artists and to us, they're like celebrities, but they can walk through the grocery store or an airport and nobody knows who the fuck they are. You know what I mean? That's Um, true. Yeah. And I thought about that, um, at something I was at because it was like, or I'll talk to my clients. So coming back from hair love, I was talking to my clients about Sam Via and nobody knows who the hell he is. And I'm like, like, I just thought, you know, like Paul Mitchell, everyone knows who Paul Mitchell is like, you know, right. Right. Um, I will tell you what, did you get a chance to talk to him? A little bit. He's pretty cool. Yes. So he, um, he changed my like perspective a lot when it comes to, um, interacting in classes and things Mm. like that. Um, for anyone who's listening, uh, he basically came to hair love and, you know, you go to these big hair shows and stuff and, um, you see people on stage or you run into them, but you don't have like that same interaction or they walk in and you just, they just, you get this feeling that like, you're just supposed to know who they are. He walked in, he was there what day two, maybe he was a little mm-hmm. late cause he was at Naha, but he walked in and he introduced himself to every single, single dinner table and mm-hmm. took a selfie with every single table and asked how he could serve us. And one, I like the fact that he introduced himself. Cause obviously we knew who the fuck he was, <laughs> like, right, you know? right. but he didn't come up being like, he didn't Hey know guys, we I'm here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, do you feel like when you educate or when you're going to go into like the really traveling and educating, like, are you going to take a piece of that with you? For sure. Yeah. Cause I never want to come off like I'm better than anybody because I'm not, 
You know what I mean? We all have something to offer and we all have something we're strong at and things that we're weak at, you know, and no matter who you are, that's what I loved about Kuhn. Like everyone was equal, like no matter what, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you were there for two seconds or 50 years, you know, Yeah, you are just you and I'm up on stage because I've been doing it for longer. That's the only reason. Right. Right. So yeah, I definitely want to bring equality. So who is Chantel? Oh, golly. Who is Chantel today? (laughs) I would say Chantel is a growing, caring, quirky, fun-loving gal who enjoys sharing education relaxing and figuring things out. (laughs) What would you tell the Chantel that was sitting at the pyramid scheme retreat? (laughs) I'm just going to call it that. (laughs) I I would tell her make that dream bigger because that's only the tip of the iceberg. Yes. Ooh, I like that. Do you feel like you don't dream big enough even now? Yeah. I think that too a lot. Mm -hmm. I feel like I hold myself back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think that'll ever go away though? I don't know. What if it did? Ooh, let's entertain that one. Yeah. What if it did? What if you're like, all right, I'm as cool as I can be. So, you know, okay. You know? Let me ask, I'm going to ask you this question. Let's get into this one. <laughs> I mean, I am as cool as I can be right now. Right. I don't know what tomorrow holds, but you know, you can always make it better. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. If you could like, if you could right now pick an, a goal that like seems completely nuts, like completely crazy, like what would you write down today? Again, back to writing down, you know, being an educator, like what, what would totally. that thing be now? Mm. And it can be anything. It doesn't have to be like, like yeah. business wise. Have, I always want two different homes, like a couple different places I can go. Yes. Where would that be? Uh, One, we have had this idea for a while. I will have, we're leaning toward maybe Southern California. I just keep being drawn to like San Diego or like something like that, but a two bed, one bath condo that we can be in for two and a half months from just before Christmas to almost middle of March. And we will rent it out Airbnb or whatever for the rest of the year, because it'll be nearish the beach. Yeah. So it'll be attractive for tourism. And then EJ's a tattoo artist, so he can work while we're there. Awesome. That's a plan. I mean, that's happening. I was going to say that doesn't, that feels like you already like decided that though. So that doesn't count. I want to force you to write something. Okay. 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 So I want, I want to only work half the year and be able to travel anywhere I want. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I don't know what that looks like. So that's all I, yeah, but that, that's what I was going to ask you. Would you travel, would you work six months and then travel six months? Or would you like work a month off a month, work a month off a month? Mm. Maybe like two and two. Yeah. I feel like, cause if you were to go somewhere really cool, like two months would be pretty cool. I feel like it would take me another month to like get back in the hang of going back to work though. Right. Maybe like <laughs> two weeks off like in the middle travel and then two weeks off. Yeah. Cause I traveled, 
a lot last month. Like I was gone almost every weekend and like it, I just, what's today's date? Like, I just now feel like I'm like back to normal and then yeah. I've got travel again next month. And it's like, yep. I could do it again. And then the holiday, you know, yep. um, I, yeah, love I that just idea. got back and then I'm leaving again on Monday to California yeah. really quick. And then Tulum. And then I'll see you in Tulum. I know I'm excited. <laughs> I cannot wait. Okay. So I'm going to end. I have a new question that I'm asking at the end of every podcast, and this will make you think too, if I haven't done that enough today. I like it. You ready? Mm -hmm. What failure, quote unquote, are you the most thankful for? Hmm. Jeez. That's tough. And it can be any aspect of your life. Right. I don't know if I'd call it a failure, but it keeps popping into my head all of a sudden is my relationship with my sister when we were growing up. Mm-hmm. I am eight years older than her and I never made the time because I was super jealous. I was an only child for eight years. And when she was about 14, I reached out to her and I apologized and we started over. So, oh, and I feel like our relationship continues to make me kind of grow with personal relationships. Oh, I love that. Were you mean to her? <laughs> I was very mean to her. Yes. I was a little shit. <laughs> I mean, well, as I am an still o- a little shit, but I've refined it. <laughs> as an only child who's still an only child, I can relate. Cause I'd be like, uh, uh-uh, uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. My boyfriend's an only child too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. so you're like attracted to only children. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> kind of funny. Um, cause I feel like I was an only child who didn't act like an only child, but as I've like grown up, I'm like, okay, I'm kind of like, I kind of act like it in certain ways. Like, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. so Chantel, where can people find you? Um, you can find me on Instagram at laughing makes me cry and my website here by Chantel. And awesome. then if you want to come into North Idaho, Oh, we're pretty cool in Coeur d'Alene. Come check Yay. me out. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. I always enjoy chatting with you. You are funny as shit. So. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chantel, have an awesome day. You too. Thank you so much. Once again, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Backroom Beauty Talks. Please leave a review on Apple Podcasts if you like what you heard. Also, share it with a friend. Screenshotting it and putting it on the gram gets you extra brownie points from me. Um, And I will talk with you on the next one.